Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Kiara Cavone, who is an executive coach, has a 20-year history of working in the corporate arena in the areas of marketing, innovation, and business development, and has made it her mission to help individuals live life on their terms and help them in their journey of recognizing how powerful they are. She is originally from Italy and lives with her husband, twins, and her dog outside of Stockholm, Sweden. We have so much to talk about. So let's dive right into this, Chiara, and welcome. Thank you, Summer, for having me. Such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Okay. You have such a diverse and unique journey. So let's start the conversation by diving right into your personal journey. Tell us where you grew up, about your travels, and how you found yourself in Stockholm. Yes. So so I grew up in Rome, in Italy, uh, with an Italian family. And they decided to send me at the age of four to a German school. And uh, (laughs) that was the beginning of my international experience and international mindset and and really how I decided to become an international citizen Um, because we were growing up with a lot of nationalities, you know, speaking a language that was not my first language that really opened up the doors to my mind of being open to other cultures, open to other point of views and to other ways of living. And so I, I, I left Italy in 2004. Uh, and my first uh, international experience was moving to Switzerland. I think oh. still look at Switzerland as my second home. I lived nine years in total in Switzerland. And the Switzerland really welcomed me with open arms. And I made so many friends, very international environment, in fact. Um, I have friends from Poland, from the US, from Australia, from India, really, a really multinational uh, experience. And, um, and then I moved also to Austria and actually in Switzerland, I met my husband who is Swedish. And so when we had actually twins, uh, which was in 2013, nobody prepared me to become a mom. And definitely nobody prepared me to become a mom of twins. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was a really, really difficult moment in my life because I was a high achiever at work. I was climbing like the corporate ladder, working for large multinational organizations. And, and all of a sudden, I have these two beautiful little creatures that didn't know how to speak and not to, you know, navigate. Right. And I had to take care of them. And I was feeling so inadequate. Mm. So um, not, not a good mom. I was having this huge imposter syndrome as a mom. Right. And then the problem was, so we decided to move to Sweden because I thought, like, we need help here. This is not working. <laughs> right. But yeah. also, actually, I lost my dad in, oh. when the kids were one. And, and that really opened up my eyes to the fact that family is so important. And I wanted my kids to not grow up in a, an environment that was not my country, not my husband's country. I wanted us to have family around them, not just to have help, but really for them to be able to have an enlarged family. You know, I'm Italian, so family is, is important. Right. But I really felt the, the need for them to be exposed to, to more than just me and, and my husband in terms of family network. 
So this is the reason why we moved, uh, we moved to Sweden. And so as I then, you know, became, um, my, the kids were growing a bit older and I moved company and I got a really big job in a, in a English, um, a British company, very male dominated company. And there my imposter syndrome, even as a professional started coming up. Wow. <laughs> Not only was an imposter as a mom, I was also an imposter as, as, as a professional because I was trying to hide the fact that I was a mom with my manager that was ca calling me at, it had impossible time. We had meetings on Friday night at 7 p.m. And, and I was like hiding the fact that I actually wanted to stay with my family or being, you know, wearing that other hat. Right. And, and so, so this is where I started working with a coach and, and working with an executive coach. And the world really opened up in front of my eyes. I understood that all this imposter syndrome thoughts were actually creation of my mind, but nothing was real. And that's why I... I started getting back that self-confidence. I started getting back that power of, I can decide how I wanna feel. I don't need external circumstances to be perfect for me to feel perfect. I can really drive myself. And also who wants to be perfect? Nobody's perfect. So why do we have this ambition, right? Right, absolutely. Why do we think about perfection in the way that we do? Because we're human and as humans, there's no way we can be perfect, but we are unique. So that is what matters. So let me ask you, what are some of your passions, Kiara? And were some of these passions developed in the corporate arena, which you worked in for 20 years? Yes. So my passions are I have a lot of passions, but my passions is really human connection and human understanding. I think there is no subject in school that teaches us how to behave with other people, right? We're just learning by failing, learning by doing. And, and some of the things, because we're not trained also to understand failure as part of the journey, we tend to then escape, right? So we, we build these fears, we build this shame that we wanna hide behind. Um, and so my passion was, has always been understanding how people think and behave and how we relate to each other. And particularly, I think this idea of perfectionism and wearing masks is something that I'm really passionate about. Right. We go around wearing these heavy masks <laughs> all right. the time. And, and some people do it more than others. And I like for us to take off that mask right and really look look inside us and understand who am i who do i want to be what defines me and, and nurturing that self-compassion nurturing that deep curiosity towards ourselves and so i think the world is opening up to this need for more self-compassion and and we're in a beautiful journey but there's a lot of room <laughs> a lot of work still to do so i am really one of the ambassadors of nurturing that love for ourselves unconditional love for ourselves and for others and I'm also very passionate about individuals in them in their personal branding I guess all these years worked in marketing mm -hmm. makes me very sensitive about what does it mean to be a brand personal you know like an object what does it mean and how do we brand ourselves how do we have fun as a brand because we are and moving brand, all of us are. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what you said before, right? How do I identify the uniqueness of my identity and right. leverage that and celebrate that and blend with your uniqueness? 
without emulating. And I think, you know, one of my other passions is understanding how the brain works. And I know that definitely resonates with me. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so, and so how our brain is wired for survival and therefore survival in the, in the age of the stone age was driven by belonging. So we are wanting to fit. We are against differences because we feel like if we're different, we're not going to belong in the same way versus if we're similar. So we always try to look for people that are similar to us because in the group, you have higher chances of survival. If there is a tiger outside, you know, waiting for you to eat you, then if you are in a group. So understanding that primitive driver of our brain and, and understanding therefore how to cope with it without beating ourselves up because we do that but having that understanding is really something that I'm continuously evolving and studying more and more oh I absolutely love so many things you've said already I like the fact that you mentioned unlayering taking off those masks because I think that we've been conditioned in so many ways to wear those masks And a lot of times having those masks on don't allow for our individuality or our feeling of authenticity. And that's why we struggle with that imposter syndrome, which really to me is once you can really come to terms with who you are, feeling good within your own body, mind, and spirit, and then aligning that with your values, that'll allow you to take off those masks and live the life of purpose and one that you totally love. Yes. So I love what you're doing here. So tell us how you made the transition from corporate into coaching and the primary reason you switched gears. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting journey because I had the instinct of being an entrepreneur since nearly 20 years. Um, I had the drive, that intuition within me that I felt I was, I wanted to, to be my own boss and wanted to drive my own time and my schedule and how I really wanted to, to live my life as a, in, in my professional life. But somehow the vortex of corporate was keeping me in. Every time I was really about like, now I'm leaving, now I'm, I'm building already this, this concept and I'm testing it, I would get a promotion. Yes. And I was thinking like, oh, well, now I gotta, I gotta stay. Well, you know, they're offering me more money, better responsibility, <laughs> great opportunity, right. living in this amazing country. So every time it was really interesting path that somehow my fear of taking that leap didn't allow me to say, well, no, okay, yes, I know I could take this promotion and go this way, but I could also take this one. And I, and I don't regret my choices because I really think we make the choices we make given the information we had in that moment in time. So I'm really grateful for all the experiences I have in my 20, nearly 21 years of corporate experience. But at one point, I think in, at one point I, I, was, I got into a, a life stage in which I did all the things my family was expecting me to do. I had a very good job. I bought myself a beautiful house. I had a husband, a kid, kids, dog, you know, everything was was done. I felt that I had, now I could choose with a different mindset. Now I could make choices, not from a, 
place of I, I first need to, to, to tick all these boxes because society expects me to do. I can't just be you know, ruthless and leave everything, leave a beautiful corporate job, highly paid job and, and, and go and become you know, an entrepreneur without any experience of, and really trying and failing. Because of course, you know that when you're studying something new, it's going to take some time before you actually succeed. And that's totally normal. So I didn't have that courage. And I, I think a combination of things around me working with this executive coach and then something also happening at work um, in which I actually got myself in a bit of a complicated situation um, mm -hmm. because I supported somebody that sued the company for discrimination. And they asked me if I could, you know, just tell me my truth of how I lived that situation. And, uh, and so therefore I was in a bit of a con difficult condition, difficult oh. situation. And so that gave me the ticket of exit. That gave me the possibility to say, okay, we're departing. We're, you know, our, our roads are, are splitting up here. And I felt so good about first helping this person defending her cause. Right. And also really feeling like, okay, now, now I'm going to do something else. And I landed into coaching a little bit by chance because I was first thinking of just becoming a, an innovator and a consultant and doing things much less purposeful as coaching is. And a friend of mine instead was, a, was an executive coach. And, um, and she told me there's this school in Stockholm. You can go there. It's easy. You can do it online. And so that's how I started. That's how I started. And, and the interesting thing is that I got immediately people, even before I became an ICF certified coach, that actually wanted to be coached by me because they saw the journey that I was going through and they saw the transformation that I'd gone through. And they were so inspired by it that they thought, you know, help me get on that path as well. And so I started coaching, you know, with very little education on coaching. And, and then little by little, I just grew my experience. I grew my certifications, my diplomas, and became like a, yeah, a certified executive coach, a leadership coach. And now I have this privilege of coaching people all over the world to, as you said, to really empower them and, and remind them how powerful they are and, and really help them going to the next level and take off those masks and taking those risks. I love this metaphor of the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Mm -hmm. Because if we think of the caterpillar, the transformation that that little insect goes through from crawling to flying, you know, if we think about it, it's an enormous transformation, a mind, complete mind shift that this, that little insect needs to acknowledge and accept that all of a sudden he can fly. Right. And I think sometimes we forget that as we evolve as humans, we get wings, but we don't use them. Right. Yes. And I help people recognize that they have those wings and take those flights that they are designed that they're meant to, to take. Well, I love that. That's beautiful. I absolutely appreciate that analogy because a lot of people don't even recognize that they have wings. Exactly. And sometimes you need to bring it to their attention, which is amazing because they have so much energy, so much passion, so many skills, and yet they don't even see their own wings. Yes. So I love your transformation, your own transformation and kind of that pinnacle of 
ooh, something needs to change here. That was the spark you needed to say, I need to do something different, something that I'm passionate about. It was that opportunity for you. And I think a lot of times as high achievers, we keep going. When we're offered an opportunity, we keep going and we keep accepting those opportunities. One, because it feels kind of good to be wanted, but two, because we want to keep pleasing people and excelling, and yet it takes something to disrupt Mm. that path. Because many times we already know that we're not necessarily happy or passionate about what we're doing any longer, but because of our personality types, a lot of times we keep at it, keep at it. And it takes that one thing that is glaring to say, ah, I need to think about making a shift. Yeah. And it was that one thing for you. Indeed. And I really think that that was the scarcity mindset of, and that imposter syndrome of I'm not enough. If they're giving me this opportunity, I can't say no, because this opportunity is never going to come again, be offered to me again. That I really think that we live with this scarcity mindset that really doesn't allow us to trust ourselves and think like, what is it really the best thing I can do for myself, right. for the world? How can I really express my full potential? What butterfly do I want to be? Right. But then you really pause and ask yourself the question rather than being in that vortex and just going by default, just going by, well, you know, I got to sit in this meeting because I've been invited in this meeting and I don't know why I'm sitting in this meeting, but I'm still going to do it because, because I'm expected, because I'm, I want to sit at that table. You know, there's a lot of these limiting beliefs we have that is holding us back and it's holding us from saying, well, hold on a second, this is not the best way, you know, the best way for me to use this time. Right. How do I take back that power, that control over over my own self, over my own destiny and decide purposely, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? Right. And why am I afraid? Right? Looking at that fear in the eyes because we're all driven by fear. Fear is never going to go away. And if we're waiting for the fear to go away, if we're fe- waiting for self-confidence, to be self-confident, we're never going to do anything. Right. So it's, it's really embracing that yeah, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel painful. My brain is going to tell me that it's, it's a bad idea. But if you feel it inside, if you're feeling in your, you know, in, really as intuition, you want to follow that intuition. You don't want to deny it. And I really think that nurturing and fostering that relationship with yourself, understanding who you are, understanding your emotions, that emotional intelligence is something that we are not trained, right, to, to understand and to, and to practice. But the more you do, the more you're going to be in tune with yourself and you feel like that's, that's how I feel good. That's how I feel empowered. That's how I feel like I'm doing something, you know, meaningful for me, for myself and my life. Absolutely. Again, there's so many things that you have mentioned here. I think when you're talking about fear, we go back to those primal aspects of functioning, of being. So it's really difficult to kind of break that cycle, because that's something that will never leave us. I've studied the amygdala and when that fear gets triggered. So it surpasses the frontal lobe and it triggers little spots 
in the back of your head for you to respond and react that fight or flight response. Yes. We need that. Yeah. But how do you breathe, cope, lean into the fear with courage and take those strategic steps to say, my response is going to be different than a reaction. Yeah. And that is so important because when you can lean into that and respond versus react, it Mm. makes such a difference. And I think many times because of conditioning, we react versus respond during our lifetime because of how we've been conditioned. Kind of like that upper conditioning, you know, where Skinner throws the, the food and the dogs and the, if you've ever seen that, that experiment and they'll respond to that. And of course they'll Mm -hmm. go back to the food because of that's the way they've been conditioned. So I love what you're saying here because it does touch on the psychology. It does touch on the coaching. It does touch on passions. It does touch on conditioning. There's so many aspects here that people can learn about embrace and feel more inspired and empowered by. So I'm so happy you're bringing up all these different concepts and, and how you can help folks. How do you help support your clients curiosity and help them embrace their own uniqueness to go after their dreams unapologetically? So the first step is really to develop that self-awareness. And, and develop that relationship with yourself. So it's about becoming the own observer of yourself. And it takes a lot of practice. It doesn't come by default. And you know, we start in the sessions by just me mirroring what people say that they can realize, oh, is this what I just said? Oh no, let me rephrase it. Sometimes, you know, when you play it back, people are really realizing like, did I really say that? I didn't mean it so strong. So that's the first thing when something quite strong comes out. But even just taking that, start start having some practices around being more mindful, right? So how do you how do you take a step back and start writing down your thoughts, start looking at your thoughts, becoming aware of what am I what am I doing that is preventing me to express my full potential. And, and I like this equation that I use with my executive clients, which is your potential minus the interference equals your performance. Mm. And I love that because the point is that I think in the past, there was a lot of these beliefs, and I still hear it sometimes today, around, you know, that is a good person and that is, a, that is a not a very good employee, right? This, this boxing people in, somebody's good and somebody's not good. Right. And the reality is that we're all potentially very good. We're all potentially amazing. But there is that interference that mines that potential. And so what we want to do is that we want to we first make you recognize that you, that potential is intact. Your worth is indefinite. It's, it's, not, you know, it's, it's not at stake. You are worth. You are amazing. But we have that interference that is decreasing how you show up in the world, that is affecting how you're showing up in the world. So how do we identify that interference and consciously and intentionally 
decide how big we want it to be. Not everybody needs to become Lady Gaga or... (laughs) Or let's put it this way. They can become their own Lady Gaga of sorts. Meaning... Totally. 100%. And you're so unique that not to look out of yourself. Exactly. For that. Yeah. You know, that appreciation for oneself, so to speak. So. Yes, absolutely. Totally. So we have this intact, amazing, you know, potential that is there. Is that that butterfly that can fly? What butterfly do you want to be? And I'm having an understanding of what are my values? What are the things that I'm passionate about? And identify those. And I think it's interesting that sometimes, you know, also on, along the, the lines of Simon Sinek, etc., it's, it's all about the why. And I, and I feel sometimes people are intimidated by that big question. Mm-hmm. And I actually like to see that as a step number three. You first want to be understanding what, what are my values? What am I passionate about? And practice that passion and, and nurture that passion because the purpose is going to be the, bypro- the byproduct, basically, of you just practicing that passion. That's how I found my own purpose. I didn't know I wanted to be a coach. I just thought, well, you know, I, I'm good at listening at people and, and I'm good at connecting the dots and let me try this and, and let me practice and practice, practice. And then all of a sudden I said, now I understand what, I, what, can, what my purpose can be. Right. So I really think that also taking off that heaviness of, I need to know what my why is. I need to know what my passions are at the beginning. And instead having that much more experimenting and playful attitude to life. Yes. I think we have to be letting go of the seriousness, laugh more, play more. Right. And, and let that, and therefore leave room to the passion to be in, to merge, to find out. Because we are, so society is so forging us into shapes, into forms. Oh, absolutely. And therefore, you know, then you're like, okay, well, what do I want to be a lawyer? Do I want to be an accountant? <laughs> right. 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 And, you know, I've worked with so many young folks and interns from the local colleges. I think it's because of how I was raised by my own mother who told me, I want you to be happy in whatever you choose to do. Whatever it is that you choose to do, be happy. So when I worked with those interns, it was always something in my brain that I would tell them, something that I wanted to tell them, something that I did tell them is make sure that you are happy doing what you're doing. If you don't want to be in college, if you want to do a trade, if you want to find something you're happy about and nurture that, go in that direction. Because I think that's so important and parents forget to tell their kids that. And that's something that really Mm. stuck with me growing up is that my mom wanted me to be happy. She Mm. wanted me to embrace my passions. But I will tell you, Kiara, that it's been difficult as a professional to embrace that professionalism with that levity or that fun, because in the profession, at least that I'm in, you want to be taken seriously. You want people to know that you're a professional, that you're a doctor of such and such. So you need to present in a certain way. Times are changing. 
people want to see that you can blend your professional professionalism with fun, with levity, with authenticity. And so I believe that that's something that we really need to tell these, these budding professionals out there. It's okay to take off the mask. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be your authentic self and to have some fun. Yes. Because your passion really comes out when you can actually blend those different aspects of your personality into what you're doing every single day. We spend how many hours doing what we're doing? So why not be real in what you're doing in something that you're passionate about? Yes. So as I said, you've listed so many things here that people can really attach to and really use in a practical way. I love it. So let's move on. Can you briefly touch on the three-part training that teaches people how to achieve any goal, stop procrastinating and make space and time for their dreams and wants that you offer? Yes. Thank you, Sarah. So I, I coach a lot of people and, and often I coach executives and often is um, particularly outside the U S I think there is still a, a lot of limiting beliefs around investing in coaching. And one of my purposes is really to democratize coaching. I want everybody to have access to some information that is today still privileged of very senior executives or, you know, just a very small, limited amount of people. So coaching, there is this myth that coaching is expensive. And, you know, you can argue how much it is expensive or not, (laughs) because expensive is always a matter of how much you value, right? How much value you put around it. And so what I wanted to do is that I actually wanted to give access to people to content, to quality content. And of course, there is a lot of content you can find already also on YouTube. But often there is a lot of how to in YouTube. And how to doesn't work because how to is, again, tackling uh, tackling on your scarcity mindset, like I don't know, I'm an imposter and I'm going to go on YouTube to find out how to do this because they know better than me. And so my approach as a coach is much more around helping you identify how powerful you are and finding first the answers within you. You can then build further your knowledge with content, but you can't just consume. So this is why I I decided to actually become also a course creator and and build courses that can be, you know, accessed for people at a very low price point. And one of the things that I started doing is creating those courses that actually people can uh, access for free. So the three-part mini course was originally a masterclass that I did with some of my clients. And it really resonated with them. It really gives you the three key steps that you want to think and process and ask your questions. There is also a workbook that comes with this masterclass. And you can really follow along and, and, that does the, and do this uh, reflection moment. And so after I finished that, that masterclass with my clients, I thought this could be really something that I could actually offer to anybody. But, but the, thing, the whole thing was an hour. So I thought it might be a little bit heavy. <laughs> people don't like me because it's an hour behind a, a, a video and right. so this part is, I divided it into three parts oh nice and so you can you can access them and then use them and and watch them over and over again 
um, you can consume them all in one. So of course you can consume them in three different parts and get the time to digest it and download that workbook. So you can really um, practice and consume and think about, not just consume it, really apply it and think about it. What does it mean for me? Right. How does this apply to me? What are, what are the answers to these questions? Oh, that's wonderful. I will make sure to put the link in the post. Excellent. Thank you. Absolutely. As we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Trust yourself. Build that relationship with yourself. Anytime you want to ask for advice to somebody, ask also advice to yourself. Thank you, Kiara, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Summer. Absolutely. If you would like to connect with Kiara Cavone, you can find her on LinkedIn and also kiaracavone.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.